My friends at the New Hope Church of Christ in Salina, Tennessee, have invited me to share the weekend of April the 7th through 9th in a series of presentations. We'll be meeting on Friday the 7th at 6.30, on Saturday the 8th at 9 a.m., and on Sunday morning the 9th at 9 a.m. for Bible study and at 9.30 for a worship service. We'll be talking about the Christian's response to crisis, to grief, and depression in a series called The Christian and Mental Wellness. The New Hope Church of Christ is located at 3959 New Hope Road in Salina, Tennessee, and we would welcome you to come and share the weekend with us as we discuss the Christian and mental wellness. Keeping it with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro-seeding, hydro-mulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931 243 3958-931-243-3958, or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men in partnership with Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include but are not limited to road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660 or 3wsandl.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. So the endocrinologist thinks that I'm either a type 1.5, a autoimmune diabetic, or he thinks I'm actually maybe a type 2. We've got my blood sugar under control. I'm taking a few units of insulin every day and taking some kind of medicines. And so we're trying to control my blood sugar. I'm wearing Das Glucos Nazi, and he's giving me uh, approval and disapproval and warning me that the things I'm doing aren't good for me and the things I'm eating aren't safe. And and we've been in my range since we've been measuring this stuff. I've been compliant over 90% of the time. But this is not my first rodeo. As I've said before, I've understood that my blood sugar sometimes is low, And the way you deal with low blood sugar is you eat sugar. 
And so I've decided that Mondays, Mondays are the days that I drive from my office to Decatur and I train with Brandon McGanthrin and the group at 10th Planet Decatur. This is the 10th Planet Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so I'm going to go up there and train with those guys. Now, what usually happens at Brandon's gym is he teaches you a technique. And in the last couple of weeks, the last time I was allowed to train anywhere consistently, instead of just repping the technique, we're doing live drills. So you learn the technique, and then I become either the defender or the aggressor, and you do live situational sparring. You're in this position, and you either finish it or the other guy escapes it, and you reverse roles, and you do that. And we were doing it in 15-minute increments and swapping about every two minutes. And so we got in about 45 minutes of positional sparring. And then when you finish the instructional part of the class, they put on rounds. Now, rounds are just what, what they mean. You, you have a designated round. Sometimes they're three minutes. Sometimes they're six minutes. Sometimes they're eight minutes. And the number of rounds that you can do is, is sort of indicative of the level of your cardiovascular or your level of stupidity, depending on what, what age group you fall into. Well, my goal has always been to do at least five six-minute rounds. Well, on this particular day, we're doing eight-minute rounds, and I ended up being able to execute seven eight-minute rounds. And I was feeling I was feeling pretty good. In fact, that's been my whole plan. Ever since they started telling me I had to monitor my blood sugar, I've designated Monday as not only my training day, but my Pop-Tart chocolate milk day. Because you see, I'm going to go to this gym, and I'm going to get murdered I'm going to do as many rounds as I possibly can. I'm going to exert as much energy as I possibly can. I'm going to stay and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to do the intentional adversity. I'm going to do the things that other people will not do so I can continue to do the things other people cannot do. And I'm going to do the things other people will not do so I can do some things that I'm not supposed to do. And that is eat Pop-Tarts and drink chocolate milk. So I'm waiting for my blood sugar to dive into the basement, and I'm going to look at the glucose Nazi. I'm going to stick my tongue out at him, and I'm going to get a frosted-covered blueberry Pop-Tart, and I'm going to get some chocolate milk, and if I can find it, it'll be Mayfield chocolate milk. And so I suffer through this thing, and I do seven eight-minute rounds and I crawl off the mat, and I lay there in my sweat, and I make a sweat angel, and I pick up my glucose monitor on my phone, and I wave it over the magic spot on my arm, and my blood sugar is out of the ballpark. It's not low. It's high. It's 248. It's 258. I have no idea what's going on. My pancreas really must be a dumpster fire. And so I call my endocrinologist. I call the doctors. Hey, doc, something's crazy going on. I've been burning all this energy, and instead of getting a crash in my blood sugar, it's going high. Are you sure you know what you're talking about? And, of course, he does know what he's talking about. He's an endocrinologist. But the way he explained it to me is that your body is responding to a signal that says you're under stress. Your body doesn't know you're friends with the guys in the jiu-jitsu gym. Your body doesn't know that the guys in the, in the jiu-jitsu gym treat you like a benevolent grandfather or a venerated uncle. Your body doesn't know that these guys are your friends and that these guys like you. The only thing your body knows is, is you're on a mat and somebody's trying to put you to sleep or twist your limbs off. And because that is simulated combat, 
your body says, oh, wow, this is dangerous, and it secretes the stress hormones. It gives you this adrenaline dump, and then your liver says, oh, man, we're fighting somebody. Let's release some fat into the system and convert that fat into sugar. It's glucose genesis, according to Dr. Jason Fung. And my body is actually producing glucose in order to allow me to fight in a fight that I'm not really in. The human body is amazingly designed. And, 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 and I use that word. It's amazingly designed. We're, we didn't evolve. We didn't climb out of some sludge. We didn't upgrade on a previous model over millions and millions of years. We were designed by a designer. And, and as part of my design, I've got this autonomic nervous system. I've got this parasympathetic nervous system. And I've got this ability for my body to say, hey, you're in trouble. You need this. And I didn't know my body worked that well. In fact, what you've got to understand is that when you have a panic attack or when you suffer from anxiety and you have the racing heartbeat and you have the shallow breathing and you feel upset to your stomach and your muscles get tight and there's constriction in your shoulders and your pupils dilate and your nostrils flare and your focus becomes very, very narrow and you start getting a tunnel vision and you have auditory exclusions, when, when those things happen to you, your body's working just like it was designed to work. You see, a panic attack in the physiological sense is your body responding to a demand for, for action. Something has happened in your environment and your body says, hey, we need to be alert, motivated, and strong. That's the fight or flight reaction. Now, we know it's fight, flight, or freeze, and everybody freezes. Some of us for a nanosecond, some of us for 30 seconds. Some people have catatonic freezes and they just can't move. But, but for the most part, most of us make a decision to run or fight. And it doesn't matter if you're going to run or fight. Your body has to be alert, motivated, and strong. If you're going to lock up with somebody, if you're going to disengage and run away, your body really doesn't care what option you're doing. But in order to do it, it makes you alert, motivated, and strong. Now, when you get this hormone cocktail dumped into your stomach, the, I guess the norepinephrine and the cortisol and the adrenaline, and you don't burn it all up, then you feel sick to your stomach. Or sometimes you feel sick to your stomach simply because your body and the unconscious rapid cognition, that part of your brain that controls the fight or flight, it says, hey, look, I think we're going to run from this guy and those three tacos we had for lunch probably don't need to take them with us, and you get rid of them. And sometimes it comes out one end, sometimes it goes out the other end. And that's not indicative of you being a coward. It's your body making a decision that, hey, we're going to run or we're going to fight and we don't need this extra baggage. When we feel panic symptoms, when our body responds to a stressor, when our body responds to an assault cue, there's nothing wrong with your body. With the exception of having dysautonomia, when your body responds to a threat of what we call a panic attack, we focus on the physiological symptoms and we think there's something wrong with us and there's absolutely nothing wrong with us. Your body's doing what your body's designed to do when your body is told, hey, there's threat. Now, in treating panic attacks, 
You quit worrying about the physiological symptoms. Uh, John Conley says you respond to it with ambivalence. I'm aware of the sensations in my body right now. So what? I don't necessarily agree with the ambivalence. I, I, I agree with the celebration. Hey, look, my body's doing what it's supposed to do. I've either got to run from this guy or fight this guy, and my body's got me prepared to do it. And it really has nothing to do with me being a coward or me being brave. Your body just says, hey, we've we've been given a threat assault. We've been given an assault cue, and we're going to ramp you up for action. It's, it's like starting the engine on your car or revving the engine on your car. When you hear that motor purr, you go, hey, my car's ready to run. And if you tried to start your car and you don't get that combustion engine sound, then your car's not ready to run. Well, when your body gives you those signals, the elevated heart rate and the change in your breathing and the constriction in your muscles and, and the dilation of your pupils and the auditory exclusion and the tingling in your extremities, your body's telling you, hey, we're ready to work. Now, the question about panic attacks is, why did your body suddenly get ready to work? Suddenly, why did your body say, hey, let's go? Well, that's because your brain said some circumstance you were in was a threat. You've got to interview with the boss. You've got to go do a performance review. If you're a 15-year-old boy, you've got to talk to a girl. Ah, or you've got to give a speech. Or you've got to make a phone call and be on the phone with uh, the AT&T <laughs> service provider. Or you've got to call somebody who doesn't speak English and tell them that your internet's not working. All those things... When we identify them as a threat or a stressor, your body's going to respond to that. And when your body responds to it, you shouldn't panic, but you should evaluate, hey, my body's responding to something that I've labeled as a threat. Is, is it really a threat? You see, the, the problem that makes us panic about panic attacks is what I call the state trait anxiety. The state is the thing that your body does. It's the elevated heart rate and, and then the physiological response. That's the state you're in, but we, in our mental part, assign it a trait. This is bad or this is good. This is panic or this is anxiety. When in reality, excited and nervous are the same thing physiologically. And so the question should not be, hey, my body's acting this way. What's wrong with me? The question should be, hey, my body's responding to a threat. Now, is there something in my environment that I've labeled as a threat when it's really benign? Having to talk to the boss, having to give a speech, having to meet a new person, having to go into a new environment, or all those things that trigger panic attacks, the trigger comes when you decide that this is bad. I don't want to do this. And when your body senses that your brain said, we don't want to do this, then your body's alert, motivated, and strong. Why, why do you yawn? Well, you yawn because your brain needs more oxygen. You're going to go into a sleep pattern and you're not going to breathe normally. You're going to breathe more shallowly. So your brain starts saving up oxygen. I often yawn before I speak. I'll be sitting in an audience about to go take the stage in front of several thousand people and I'll catch myself yawning. And it's not because I'm tired. It's not because I'm sleepy. But my brain says, hey, you're about to be pushing a lot of air through those lungs and, and talking for 30 or 45 minutes. And so we're going to store up some oxygen. Nobody ever yawns and suddenly screams, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Because we accept yawning 
and something our bodies do to prepare us either for sleep or either for giving a speech or doing something that requires more oxygen. And the same thing happens when we sense a threat. And when something occurs in our environment and we label it as a threat, our bodies just make us alert, motivated, and strong. Now, as wonderful as that is, it boils down to the absolute ruination of Pop-Tart Chocolate Milk Day. Because even though I want my blood sugar to go really, 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 really low on Jiu-Jitsu Day so I can eat Pop-Tarts and drink chocolate milk, my body says, hey man, you're, you're putting a lot of demands on us and we're going to respond to that demand by behaving the way I was designed to behave. And so don't question your body when you're having a panic attack. Question your mind. Are you behaving the way your body was designed to behave? Yes. But are you thinking the way your mind was designed to think? God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Another translation translate that verse is God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and self-control. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707, 615-371-8707, or you can go to three W's and a dot, worldchristian.org, find the Donate Here button, and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel. World Christian Broadcasting in cooperation with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive Spiritual Development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots, 
Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.